0: Welcome to this week's episode of EIU Panthers Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. It's Thanksgiving Day, 2020, and on episode 18 of EIU Panthers Podcast, we take a trip down memory lane to Thanksgiving Day, 1948, when Eastern Illinois played in the Corn Bowl. Today we visit with one of the few surviving members from that team as Ed Buchanan, a freshman on the 1948 Panthers team, is our guest. EIU would like to thank Consolidated Communications as the sponsor of EIU Panthers podcast. Visit consolidated.com today to learn more about CCI TV, a -a one-of-a-kind TV streaming service which can be accessed through popular streaming devices including Amazon Fire TV and Apple TV. In EIU athletics news this week, the long-awaited start to the 2020-21 basketball season is here. To get the latest schedules, and broadcast options for each game this season, be sure to visit us online at eiupanthers.com. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Want to hear more episodes of EIU Panthers podcast? Then be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Before we get started on today's EIU Panthers podcast, a little history on the Corn Bowl. The 1948 Corn Bowl was the second of seven such games that would be played. Eastern Illinois entered as the champions of the Illinois Intercollegiate Athletic Conference and faced Illinois Wesleyan, champion of the College Conference of Illinois. The game was played in front of 8,000 fans in Bloomington, Illinois on November 25, 1948, Thanksgiving Day. The game was sponsored by the Hybrid Seed Corn Breeders Company. In the game, EIU was limited to only 63 yards passing on the day and had its run game stuffed as Illinois Wesleyan would win 6-0. Bob Lush scored the only touchdown with 1.26 left to play in the fourth quarter. In the game, EIU's offense drove the ball inside the 35-yard line four times during the game, including twice to the two-yard line, but the Panthers were turned away each time. EIU finished that season with a 7-3 record, but would not make another postseason football appearance for 30 years until the Panthers won the 1948 NCAA Division II National Championships. EIU at Athletics would like to wish everyone a happy and safe Thanksgiving as we bring you this week's episode of EIU Panthers Podcast with Ed Buchanan, a member of the 1948 Corn Bowl team. (laughs) And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers Podcast. We're on a special edition. We're going to go down a trip down memory lane. We're joined by one of the Corn Bowl members, 1948, Mr. Ed Buchanan, is with us today. Thank you for joining us.
1: Uh, thank you, sir.
0: Now, one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you about this, this is going to kind of this episode will run next week on Thanksgiving. So I thought that was kind of interesting. The Corn Bowl, and I'll take you way back to your youth. Um, we want to make you divulge how old you are, sir, but. Um, 1948 is when that game was played and you were were part of that team games being played on Thanksgiving that's not normal nowadays but maybe that was Thanksgiving wasn't as big of a deal back then
1: Uh, I think it was as big a deal but uh, as I was told at the time we wondered about it that the NCAA said that's the only opening you can take it or you're out (laughs) and just happened that uh, Illinois Wesleyan, who was the host, we played. They decided to jump at her.
0: Okay, and you and I spoke a little bit before we before we did the program today. Rosters for football. I think when people think today, they a hundred, a hundred and twenty, a hundred and fifty guys. You told me only 33 guys were on the roster at Eastern Illinois in 1948.
1: Well, there were more than that on the roster, but only 33 went to away games. And all the others the week, uh, we had a free week and then a couple days practice before the game. And all the others got to go home for (laughs) Thanksgiving. We didn't.
0: Now, you're, you're from Amboy, Illinois, that's correct, sir? That's
1: right, up northern Illinois.
0: So how did you, I know back in that that era, a lot of times going to, to college was more regional. What would have made you not, there's got to be a lot of schools between Amboy and Charleston that, that you could have possibly looked at.
1: Yeah, that's true. I uh, had a scholarship from northern, I had a scholarship from Illinois State Normal. I had a scholarship from George Washington University. I was 17 years old. Then you didn't have guidance counselors. And my folks, dude, they they really didn't know anything about college. And uh, if it hadn't been for my superintendent of my school, I might not have either. But uh, he happened. His name was Funkhauser. He was originally from Charleston, went to Eastern, went to the war, came back and followed a strong football fan and followed us my last two years. And uh, he and Mr. O'Brien, Pat, my coach, were good friends. And he came up to talk to me. I picked Easter, never been in the town, didn't know what it was or anything. But it seemed like it had a good education program, high-rated education. It uh, was 230 miles from home. I could get there and get back. And uh, I chose it right out the spot, believe it or not.
0: Now, like a lot of athletes back then, I'm assuming that you might have played a couple of different sports, or were you specific to just play football when you were at Eastern?
1: In high school, I made 11 letters. I uh, did not letter my freshman year in track, but in all the other sports I did, I made all conference. I led the state in tackles one year, and uh, yeah, I uh, I was really... Tell you the truth, at the time, I was looking for a baseball scholarship, but uh, there weren't many baseball scholarships, so the next best was take my second sport, football.
0: Okay. So you came here on that team. One of the things that I, that I thought was interesting when we talked beforehand is, as you mentioned, you came in as a freshman on that 1948 team, and a lot of the the veteran players on the team, and and I use the word veteran very significantly in the fact that they were juniors and seniors in college, but they were also truly veterans. They were they were gentlemen who had been in World War Two. Oh, oh
1: yes, almost all of them in the main uh, body of players. As I go through it, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> as I uh, look through just have look through the roster, there was only a few that had been in service and uh they were average age was 24 years old plus i'm i just had my 18th birthday a week before i came to eastern and uh they it was different they'd leave the gym smoke their cigarettes get in their car and go home to their family uh i had to make my old way
0: now, with this being the, the 125th anniversary of Eastern Illinois as a university, it was, of course, got kind of the charter in 1895, wasn't built until 1899. Campus would, I'm guessing, looked dramatically different back uh, then. I'm, I'm not even sure where the football field at the time would have been.
1: In 1948, believe it or not, we had to play the season by freshman year at Charleston High School Field. Okay. They were building the field that's there now in that location. <laughs> However, it sat about half a block further north. The gold line on North End was right about where Grant Street is. Okay. Now. And other than that, it was right there. Uh, no dressing facilities, nothing. We had to carry all our equipment in every night back to Lance which was a freshman's job.
0: Okay. And, I, and I, I saw this, a picture the other day, of the old Charleston High School, which was, I know it burnt down back in the early 1920s. It's where Jefferson Elementary is nowadays. Was, was Charleston High School on the north side of town then, or was it in its current location? No,
1: Charleston High School was uh, where you're talking about the grade school now. Okay, yep. And... Uh, Charleston High School didn't build, and you may correct me on this, but it was either 1956 or 57. I was gone at the time, and uh, that would be about the same time that T.C. High, the college high school, uh, abandoned and joined Charleston High School.
0: It's interesting. You mentioned TC High. That's actually where we're filming today's pod or taping today's podcast. We're mm-hmm. actually in Buzzard Hall, which at the WIU studios and which is in the building that used to be teachers, Eastern Teachers High School that, that you just mentioned there. So where I guess the for people that aren't completely familiar with Charleston, north of the square is where the, the Jefferson schools we're talking about right now. Where and where was the football field in relation to. To the square, I guess.
1: The football field was exactly where it is today Okay, at Charleston. They built a new one a few years ago, as you probably recall. And uh, it, it was uh, sort of funny because, well, it wasn't funny. It was scary because the sidelines were only about 10 feet, which was fine for high school. College, they sort of play a little rougher. Yeah. And, uh I remember going into that fence about four times in one game, <laughs> and then later years, I became a football official, and each year I'd officiate in Charleston, I'd write the state a letter telling them to get that fence out of there, <laughs> and it never worked.
0: The other thing that I'm always curious about in, in that era, and I've seen some pictures of, we did a hundred-year basketball celebration a, a couple years ago, and I was fortunate to be part of that committee. And it was, they they bust a lot of places, but I also know they, they took the train a lot of places. How did how did football travel back then? I look at, and I don't think people realize that there used to be rail lines that went from Charleston to Terre Haute and Charleston to Decatur, but. Did you guys ride a train or ride a bus back in the day? We
1: rode a. I never rode anything but a bus. It was rented from a company in Mattoon. And the man that drove it drove us for four years that I played, and he was like one of us. Okay. And we drove that thing one time. We took it to uh, clear out into uh, Kansas. To Emporia State College, okay, wow. and it was over five hundred miles, and I don't want to get off on stories, but coming home, we got on that bus at seven thirty in the morning. About eleven thirty, Coach O'Brien Pat announced. That he didn't have any money left, and he couldn't afford dinner for us. None of us had anything practically, and but he did have enough that he could get some apples. And he stopped along the road, and bought two bushel of apples, and we ate them from eleven thirty in the morning till seven at night. Honest truth.
0: Wow, that's an interesting story. Another interesting story that your, your daughter told me this, and she, she bragged on you a little bit, as children always do with their parents, or I hope they always do with their, their parents. Um, several years. But she told me one of the things when she and I actually connected about the, the Corn Bowl is that one of the things that um, Pat O'Brien, the coach, did is he was so mad at you guys at the Corn Bowl, I guess there was a participation gift, and he decided not to give that to the team. Can you tell us a little bit about that story?
1: Yeah, I uh, you didn't question Pat O'Brien. I mean, he uh, as you know, his nickname was the Bear. And as you also know, he was about 6'4", 280, and he had taught uh, Navy V-5 during the service. So he wasn't a patsy of any kind. And, uh, yeah, he, he had a habit of doing those kind of things. One time, we blew a game my sophomore or junior year, and uh, we got on a bus about a three-hour ride, and he, he wouldn't allow us, anybody, coaches or us, to say one word. Wouldn't stop for restrooms or anything. <laughs> you, uh, I, as a sidelight, one time, a guy uptown who had played some, and became assurance agent and quit Daryl Eaton who many of you probably know out there uh Daryl said how can you keep playing for him <laughs> He, I said well I don't see anything wrong Daryl he's just like my high school coach <laughs> and he was
0: okay now on the corn bowl uh, there was the- was there a gift you guys were supposed to get as a participation gift? And
1: Well, we thought we were to get silver footballs. Okay. Uh, if so, we're still waiting on okay.
0: them. <laughs> I'm going to guess those aren't going to come then.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it saved a little money, I guess.
0: Okay. The other, the other question I have in that era, and I know Eastern – was probably maybe ahead of its time, maybe maybe not completely in in regard to some schools, but in terms of integration, I know there were, there were African American minority students that were on different teams at Eastern. I know the basketball teams and maybe track teams. Did you guys have some some um, I guess some some African American gentlemen on on your team? And if so, were there
1: we sometimes
0: that you didn't? Work we only
1: had teams? one minority, and his name was Ellis. And uh, he was pretty much somewhere between a second and third platoon player, third team player, but uh, very, very nice kid. He was buried. His wife ran what was called the Union, which is no longer exists, right across from the old uh, McAfee Jib to the east, right there and uh he was the only one we have and there is a story about this one time we were going out to play out west somewhere we stopped to eat dinner that evening we had to go about 50 miles yet before our sleeping arrangements had been made and uh the guy from barista come on out we're ready for you we got off the bus about that time ellis got off and uh oh he can't eat he left eat in the kitchen wow. before any of us could say that, Old oh, brian says if he don't eat we don't eat and we got back in the bus and left
0: I've heard stories like that at other schools, so I, it, it, it's, it's interesting to hear that 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 was going on here at Eastern as well. And it sounds like Coach O'Brien was a was a class guy and and did yes, kind of the right he
1: was. He, he was a class person
0: from that side. Now I know you mentioned we talked about earlier on the Corn Bowl team. Some of those gentlemen were veterans when they came. Same thing ends up happening to you when you're at Eastern. You're here for a couple years, and then your daughter told me you were, you were drafted like a lot of people in that era were. So thank you for your service, but were you ever in, did you ever to actually go to battle, or were you just drafted and able to serve during a peacetime? Uh,
1: I, as I said, I was in the Armed Forces Security Agency. Okay. I had top-secret clearance. I, in Russian language, I... Did some things? yes and I gotta leave it there okay. yet today.
0: okay and then so you come back to Eastern and you did you play football when you came back or were you kind of done with with your athletic? I, that I tell time? you
1: and I'm halfway sorry about this yet today. I went out. I ran first squad right off a week before the season. I thought it's no fun. I'm not enjoying it, I'm not getting anything out of it, and I quit. Oh. I wish I had.
0: You do finish up your degree at Eastern though, so that that is a I lesson I got my there.
1: bachelor's, master's, and specialist out of Eastern and worked on my doctorate at Northern.
0: And then the people in the area may know a long time, may recognize your name and the fact that you were a a long time administrator in the area in addition to you mentioned.
1: Yeah, I was regional superintendent of schools in Edgar County, Paris. I was principal of Paris High School. I officiated football over here every year at Charleston High School. I officiated football for 31 years. I started all of Eastern cross-country and track meets for at least 20 years, so a little bit, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then I, I guess if you, if you were to look back now, and I know we, we talked a little bit about the Corn Bowl, but I'm always just interested to, to hear people's experiences during that era. Is there a, a game or a trip that kind of stands out to you that was one that you maybe tell the grandkids or maybe even the great-grandkids about from here. I,
1: I guess my daughter's been talking to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excuse
1: me. Uh, we left, and, of course, Southern was our big rival back there. Our conference at that time consisted of Eastern, Northern, Western, Southern, and Normal, and We'd never beat all of them in one year in the history of Eastern, and that's what we were shooting for. Well, we were to play Southern, who was pretty tough, they said, uh, down there at their homecoming. Um, and so we left here on Friday afternoon by bus, stayed overnight at Mount Vernon. And so we'd have a little more rest and away from things, as they do now. And went out the next morning, loaded everything in the bus, wouldn't start. <laughs> wouldn't start. Well, somebody had the logic, one of these uh, people <laughs> that thought that way. Let's go push it. So a bunch of linemen, a bunch of us got out. We were pushing this big, small greyhound around Mount Vernon. <laughs> couldn't get it started. Well, O'Brien or someone called back to the school and Couldn't or to the bus company. Couldn't get a bus at all. Southern? No, they wouldn't load us one. Finally, we got one. I think it was from Mount Vernon High School. And we loaded everything. Well, at that time, there wasn't TV and and telephones and all that. So one of the guys had a radio with him, and he turned it on, and he got the station that was bringing our game at Carbondale. And this poor announcer was trying to figure out why Eastern hadn't come on the field because the game was to start in 20 minutes or so. And pretty soon, he come up with the idea it was a trick. We, <laughs> we, we weren't playing any trick at all. In fact, we hit uh, about, down about 10 mile out of uh, Carbondale. O'Brien said, Ch- start changing your clothes. And did you ever see 30, 33 guys try to put on football uniforms in a small bus? Wow. And, anyway we we got there they gave us 10 minutes to warm up we won like 26 to six
0: good that's a great story especially when you win after all the all yeah. the other tribulations that you go through yeah you talked about changing in the uniforms there the other thing that always is i'm curious about is is how not only the game has evolved but the the equipment, the type, yeah. what type of what was the helmet like then? I okay,
1: guess that's the, big one. <laughs> the helmet here, my senior year in high school, I could carry my football helmet in my pocket. Okay, they were my freshman year here. I came and I was really impressed with these great big plastic helmets, blue and white. You know, really nice. Well. They were plastic, completely plastic. They had a web in them to hold your head off the top, but that was it. No face mask. I never wore a face mask in my life. I paid a lot of dentist bills, but <laughs> never, never wore a face mask. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what they were like. I broke five my freshman year. Oh, wow. And there were some guys that uh, on the squad that broke more than I did, and the uh, uniform was not a great deal different. I mean, we didn't wear uh, many uh, hip uh, whatever it is these quarterbacks wear mostly, but some linemen wear no. Uh other than that, there wasn't a whole lot. We wore uh, cleats that were made out of, like, a rubber composition, and we could change them, whatever. They would put long ones in or short okay. ones and stuff. But, uh, no, there, there wasn't. Uh, we never wore, uh, I don't think, anybody. I saw ever wore a mouth guard for their teeth. (laughs) You spent money for the dentist, of course, like I said. And uh, no, you you didn't. Uh, There wasn't that much difference. The helmet was a big difference. I think in three years I played, we went through three different kinds. And I, uh, a few years ago, I was out here. They honored us for something. And I said to the w- one young man, could I see your helmet? He added it to me. I couldn't believe it. It, it was like inside a uh, car racer's helmet. Yep. It would take a pretty good blow, and that's good. Yep, they do try, to do, good. That, try
0: to do that for safety nowadays for, for, for the guys. We're, we're reminiscing with, with Ed Buchanan, uh, who was a freshman on the 1948 Eastern Illinois Corn Bowl team. That team, you're one of the few gentlemen I know that that is still alive from, from that team. I don't
1: know any others.
0: And I, um, On the
1: first 33, I can count 30 or so that have passed okay. away. <coughs> Excuse me. I have a little cold.
0: That's Okay. <coughs>
1: Uh, I know thirty about that have passed away. Are one of the captains, Lou Stivers, mm-hmm. lived here. I met Mr. You Stivers probably knew we met. Lou, yep, great football yep. player, great center, and he passed away not too long ago. We had a, a guard that was great by the name of Slug Bards from Tolono up here, and he passed away not too long ago. But I really, I know all our, we had one kid that was a third-string center that graduated, was called back to service in Korea because he hadn't put in enough time in World War II, and he got killed in Korea. His Burris, his name, he was originally from Ashmore. Also, the team, (coughs) we had... There wasn't too many kids from more than a couple hundred miles away. Yeah. I mean, I was one of the farthest. You mentioned Virgil Sweet. Mm -hmm. I think he was from up around Covington, Indiana, somewhere. He was one of the farthest ones. Uh, You mentioned Blacks. Uh, He was not on the football team, but later became a dean here at Eastern, was Jim Johnson. Yep. And Jim came back and started the same time I did, and in basketball, Katsiplis came back. He okay. started
0: here the same time. Yeah. So yeah. I've
1: yeah. I've Mr. gone I've gone through a lot of history.
0: Yep, yeah. yeah, I know uh, Tom Katsiplis. He passed away not too long ago either. He was uh,
1: little yeah. All American yeah.
0: Yeah. on the basketball court. Well, we do appreciate your time today, Mr. Buchanan. Uh, Hope you have a have a great Thanksgiving, and it was great having a trip down memory lane talking about the Corn Bowl, but also some of your memories here at Eastern Illinois.
1: Yeah, I uh, we didn't get enough publicity because, like you said, it was Thanksgiving. The day was horrible, horrible. About ten above zero, wind blowing about twenty-five mile an hour, and we were a passing team. <laughs> and we were dead passing they We, uh, of course, people always say we should have won. I guess we shouldn't have because we didn't score. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, thank you for your time. I well, thank you
1: for having me, and good luck in your program. <laughs>